Photo Mission Exposure, a podcast for photographers. Welcome to this edition of Photo Mission Exposure. Um, today I'm speaking with Adele. Adele, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me, man. Pleasure to be here. That's I've been good. listening to your show. It's a, it's a really good show. I like it. And mate, it's kind of interesting to have another podcast here as well because you also got your own shows as well. And Yeah, I've got a couple shows yeah. and uh, you're actually in my podcast group as well, yep. Brisbane Podcasters. That's where we met. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see how you work, mate. No worries, mate. No worries. Well, I'm keen to learn how you actually, how you come to pick up the camera. Like, you know, when did you first get interested in photography? Uh, I guess... When I, was a, when I was a kid, I used to go back to my grandparents uh, a couple of times a year. My mum would ship me off just to have a break from me. Yep. And I used to raid their their photo albums all the time. You know, my granddad fought in the war and he had pictures of the war, him on tanks and doing different things. And, you know, I'd just, I'd, it'd just be like another world. I'd be looking at all this imagery. So that's when I got first interested in that, I guess. Um, in high school, I had to take a photography class that was film. Yep. And I didn't really like it. You know, it's just one of those things you had to take. Yep. Was it just the hassle of the, the process or? Yeah, I guess so. I've still got some of those pictures from those days. And it was cool taking pictures. But, you know, if you're a photographer, it wasn't cool back in my day. Yep. And I'm not that old. But if you had a camera and you're, you're a school kid in, in at my school, you were sort of an outcast, you know. And you weren't really, you are a bit more of a solo person and, yeah, it wasn't cool. I always loved being on the other end of the camera, though. Yep. I was a sports player, and you know, if I got photos in the paper or you know doing some different things, I went on to be a professional footballer, and you know I'd always love being in front of the camera. Yep. Yep. But um, yeah. So so my love for imagery, I guess, started real early. Mum was a photographer, and she's an artist. Yep. Yep. Um, but then didn't actually start shooting till 2013. I was over in Indo. Yep. On a surf trip, and I was doing YouTube. Actually, okay. so we were doing a few vlogs and, and uh, interviews with, with some surfers and things and board reviews. And a mate of mine we were on a trip with, he worked for Canon. So I grabbed his gear and took a few photos, fired up a few images, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can do this. This is all right. I'm, I'm all right at this. <laughs> and uh, just fortunately, I got talking to him because he obviously, he has, as I said, he worked for Canon. So when we got back, I said, mate, I, th- I think I might want to do this. And he said, well, I can get discount. And that was music to my ears, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been pretty budget conscious. So he got me the 70D when it first came out. Yep. Uh, kit lens, a couple of kit lenses actually. And that was a real game changer in that at that time because you could, uh, the, the pull focus and stuff was all touchscreen. Yes, yep. And there was no other camera that could do that and no other DSLR that could do that. Do that. Yeah. And I was using it for video. And, um, you know, and then I started to just, Use it a bit for photography, and then I was, you know, I took some courses, online courses. I followed some crew around. There's a couple of Brisbane photographers that are pretty well known and award winners. That they've moved over to different brands. They're now with Sony and things like that. Yep. Um, I just picked their brain and and just follow them around a lot on shoots, and I would go to all these meets and things, and just study as much as I could, and. And then I, I, I got gear envy, you know. <laughs> so I actually thought, right, I can't do this unless I get a full frame full frame camera. Yep. And um, 
again, budget conscious, uh, a photographer was going out of business and I went around to his place and, and I think I dropped five grand on a bunch of his gear. Yep. And I got everything I needed pretty much. So then, um, yeah, mate, it just, just went from there. I was just shooting all the time. Yep. And it's kind of interesting you talk about those images of your um, your grandfather and that type of stuff because we've quite often talked on the podcast about what's going to happen in 30 years' time with the current generation because a lot of people don't print stuff anymore. Do you print anything? or? Yeah, I do. Uh, but I don't... Um, I don't have a lot of time and I'm not real... Um, so I'm not real savvy on the fine art print stuff. I'd love to do some fine art print things. Yep. But I get lost in the, you know, the image size of the file and yep, yep. Uh, calibrating the monitor and all that sort of stuff. Like yep. I edit on a, a Mac, yep. a 27-inch Mac, and, um, you know, it just becomes a drama. And I think it's kind of interesting because um, we did a podcast the other day and we were talking about how photography's changed and a lot of time now yeah, taking images a small part of the time. Mm. The rest of the time is you're sitting down in front of a computer and you're trying to edit it and post production. Post production and you don't want to mess it up and there's kind of a bit of kind of pressure out there on people now to to get it right. Like so how do you edit it? Or, how do I edit? Yeah, no, but so people ask always, how do you edit? You know, what do you do? I mean how do you edit? Do you use Light? I mean yeah, I'm Lightroom Photoshop. Yep. Um but that's that's a whole different field, you know. You can you can actually just be a post production guy, girl. Yep. And you know, just Get people's images and post well, people make, people make a living out of it. People just That's outsource, I mean. just outsource yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, so that was a whole other field of study that I did. Yeah, um, but mate, YouTube's your bible, hey. Yep. If you want to learn something now, the resources are just online. Obviously, you don't get that one one to one touch if you're going to get mentored by someone, or if you're, you know, doing a, a workshop or an, or a course with someone. Yep. But it gives you a ton of resources. You can tr- you can learn at your own leisure. You know, one o'clock in the morning, you might wake up and learn how to uh, skin correct or something. Yeah, color correct. And it's funny we had, we had a photographer on um, this podcast uh, a few months back, and he'd studied photography at um, and you know university, and he actually said, you know, today you don't need to study photography. No. You well, can, it's and, all there online. You can and, learn everything you need to know online. And probably a lot of that stuff's obsolete, you know, yep. that he's learnt because things changing all the time. All the time. I mean, it's a, photography is a fluid thing at the mm. moment. Mm. It's evolving. But you, 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 your core principles are always going to stay the same. Your composition, you've got to have a good composition. Yep. You know, you've got to, got to have good lighting or understand the light and yep. what you're trying to, trying to get. And, um, you know, so those core things, you know, and, and interaction with your model or subject or whatever, you, whatever you're shooting. Yep, that's it. And planning. Planning's a big thing. Look, it is. And, and um, the other thing too, I know with your, the photography that you're mainly into at the moment is, is something you're very passionate about and that's... that's um, surf photography. Surf photography. In-water surf photography, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. So, we, you know, the, obviously the, the surfing came first. Yeah, I've been surfing since I was eight years old. Yep. Um, so I really understand the ocean. Well, you know, you never really understand the ocean, man. But uh, <laughs> but you know, I've got a healthy respect for the ocean, and yep. and uh, I can I can get in the right spot a lot of the time. Yeah. Well, it's a bit. Look, we had a sports photographer, and we were talking about sports. And to be a good sports photographer, you got to understand the game. Mm. So it'd be, I imagine, it would be similar to being trying to get some of those iconic surfing type shots. You need to get yourself into the position. You need better read the play of the wave yeah. and what's happening. 
Yeah, when I first started, like I didn't just start shooting surf. You know, I've shot fashion, I've shot um, models in different things. You know, I've shot commercial, I've done freelance photography. Yep. Across a whole bunch of fields um, and just learnt, you know. So, and now I apply it to in-water stuff. That's yep. that's my predominant field. That's what I really like to do. I still love a, a slow shutter, you know, um, morning uh, sunrise over the water sort of stuff and a nicely, comp, um, you know, nicely lit beach scene. Yes, yep, yep. But, um, but yeah, in-water shooting surfers or, or a good wave is... Um, is my passion at the moment. Yep. I think that's a really good way to really hone your skill. If, you, if you're passionate about subjects that you're shooting, you tend to want to get out there and shoot. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I've got a, and, and I'm sure it's a lot the same with all, a lot of surf photographers, I'd rather surf, right? Yep. If it's pumping waves, <laughs> I, I want to surf. Like the other day I spent pretty much, uh, nearly, I clocked up nearly 10 hours water time. Yep. So I got there for dawn, um, had a oh, shot first. So I shot for a couple of hours with a mate of mine. Um, and I'll tell you a story about that in a minute, but shot for a couple couple of hours with him. Came in, had a surf, and then I needed some food. Yep. And like a half hour rest, little sleep in the car, and then bang back out till pretty much dark. Yep. Um, had had one other surf and then just shot. So I went back out uh, not long before sunset and just stayed out till dark and I got. I was ended up being the only photographer in the lineup, and it was a really busy day. Yep. In probably one of the crowded spots, most crowded spots in the world, and I got some pretty sick shots. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because it's kind of interesting because a lot of other photographers that shoot other type of genres, um, because you actually get involved, like you, you want to be a part of the action, and a part that's a part of the attraction for you of getting in the water and surfing, mm. and so we, which. When you rate it, which is one and which is two, the photography is two and the surfing is one? Yeah, pretty much for me. <laughs> for me it is, yeah. Um, but my camera is always on me. Yep. And, um, you know, there'll be other days where I'll just surf till I start cramping up and then come in, get my camera, and then shoot till I start cramping up in other spots. Yep. <laughs> yep. Can't, can't swim anymore, then come in. So you you were saying before you had a bit of a story about... Oh, yeah. So we're, we're out there that, um, that morning... And a mate of mine who hadn't shot at that spot before, he's a, he's a great guy. I actually got him on the podcast, It's Coming Up. Okay. My next podcast episode. But um, he's a real quiet guy, but he's just what we call a frother, right? So he just, he just nuts out on, on stuff, just loves it. Yep. Uh, the energy is really infectious, you know. Anyway, <clears throat> so we've been out there a little while. I said to him, mate, we'll get, I'm going in in a minute. And as I said that, Mick Fanning walks up on the on the rocks at Snapper. Yep. And whenever I see him, like the dude's a legend. Yep. Whenever I see him, time seems to stand still, man. He just, <laughs> he just everything favours him. Yep, yep. Waves stop, <laughs> wind stops, you know. He just jumps in and he just paddles out. Just glides he, out. Yeah, just in the perfect spot. And my mate goes, turns to me and he's, he's we're probably 20 metres away. And he mouths, it's me, buddy. Be, you know. And this lineup's full crowded. And a couple of minutes later, I can't swear on this, can I? No, you can't. So, <laughs> Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> right. A couple of minutes later, he turns to me and he's like, it's McFanning. <laughs> really loud and everyone sort of turns around. What? Because it, <laughs> it happens there all the time. You know, you can you can surf or shoot at that place and there's you got in the water probably seven world champions over a certain time. Yep. Anyway, so we're staying there and 
you know, we're getting shots and stuff and he's surfing and this one wave just before we went in, Mick, Mick catches it out behind the rock and if anyone knows Snapper, you sort of take off behind the rock and it gets real hollow. And uh, this particular guy, Jared, he was the only only photographer within Mick and and him. That was it. Yep. So other times there's all these guys in the way and it was just him and Mick. And Mick's in this, slotted in this barrel and I'm taking a photo of, of the scene and um, Mick's just going along and he sort of spies my mate Jared and as he, as he looks at him, you know, everything slows down again for me <laughs> and Mick just puts his hand up in the wave barrel and just like strikes a pose and he's making eye contact, looking straight <laughs> down the lens and just blew my mate's mind and he's just like, oh, that was amazing. And... Uh, Mate, it just it just cemented the fact that he's a champion, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can tell the quality of a person, like how they behave, like yeah, you know, just to do that because you saw the photographer there, and he obviously had an idea that that's just going to make this guy's day. Oh, mate, it, it's a yeah, it's, it it made his day, but just made his year, yep. and that'll be a memory for him. Yep, because he's such a Mick Fanning fan. Yep, that he'll um, you know, he'll always he'll always remember, it. and he got a photo of it. Yep. Um. And I got a photo of he'll him be dining, getting the photo. He'll be dining on that photo for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He will be. Um, but he was stoked, man. He was, it blew his mind and it, it just made his day. And he just, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And I, I was really thankful that Mick did that for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said, it, it's a measure of some, you, you see some people in the, and you, I mean, I've met some, you know, famous sports stars mm. and walked away being really disappointed. Yeah, yeah. You, when, when you actually talk to them and find out what type of person they are. Yeah. Some of them aren't that, that nice. Yeah, but that's also your fault. You shouldn't go in the expectation of them. Yeah, right? well, it's true. That's <laughs> true. That's true. So, mate, so you um, had a bit of a crack at shooting a number of things, but you, obviously the surfing's the thing that's really yeah. you're passionate about. What what do you um, do with your shots? Are you It's purely for yourself. Are you selling shots? What are you doing? Uh, no, I've done freelance. So I've shot for a few... Um, like some campaigns and things like that. I've managed um, brands' social media. Yep. So when I was doing that, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd come up with strategy, uh, with whatever the the shoot was going to be, you know, the content. Yep. Shoot the content and then just um, distribute the content and and write, you know, for them as well, some copy. Yep. Um, I've done some writing on surf trips for certain brands and and I really love writing. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did in those sorts of cases. Uh, been asked to do a few weddings. Not my thing. Yep. Not really interested in that. Um, but, it, yeah, in regards to money that's uh, and some sort of source of income, that's what I've done. Yep. Um, shot auto for a while. Yep. Yeah, light painting. Yep. Uh, that was a, you know, not that that's a really fun thing as well I, I love cars i know nothing about cars yep but i love cars yeah i have a nice car yeah it's being rebuilt at the moment but um yeah and that got me into light painting and there's a there's an amazing light painter in um i think he's in wollongong uh hoskins okay hoskins industries uh, i think his name's oh i'm gonna butcher it so yeah don't worry that's all good it's hoskins yep um and he shoots for street machine and and all those magazines. Um, but yeah, his work's amazing. So I tried to model it on him, you know. Yep. On his stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's kind of interesting that, that, that you know, you shoot um, the surf and then you shoot cars. Because mm. 
very different. Yeah, mate. I don't think I think um, it's a skill, right? And it's a skill in in all different things. So you can be an amazing food photographer, but a terrible portrait photographer. Yep. And and you know yourself, it's a craft. So if you want to get good at your craft, you, you do lots of different things. Yep. It's actually good to step outside your comfort zone too. Sometimes, like a lot of photographers, will get kind of stagnant. Mm. You know, and they just don't grow as a photographer. Mm. So have, have that you... can also be if that's their income level, their job, you know. Is there, if they're a food photographer and that, they get amazing at that, I guess that's where they get their creativity and, and you get stuck in that, right? Yeah, it's funny because I had a photographer on here who's, um, she shoots some amazing stuff. She shoots stuff hanging out of helicopters for the Army and Air Force mm. and all that. And, and I normally ask people what they shoot for themselves and then when she said to me, I don't shoot anything for myself. Yeah. Because she said, nothing tops what I do for a living. Yeah, she yeah. said, you know, I'm hanging out of a Titan attack helicopter, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's like nothing gets better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, you kind of got to, yeah, it's interesting how people have different yeah. outlooks on things. I've actually been, there's been a couple of times recently where I've been out in the morning and, you know, I've just taken the moments for myself, yep. put the camera down and just been present. Yep. Um, I know it sounds a bit wanky, but. You know, I, I sometimes enjoy that. Well, I think it's it's important because the camera can actually insulate you from the real world. Mm. When you're looking through that viewfinder and you're you're trying to compose a shot and you're w- looking at what's happening, is you are kind of not in the moment. You, mm. It's different. It's hard. So for non photographers listening to this, it's probably going to be a little bit hard to to understand. Yeah, once you get that bug, hey, that photography bug, you sort of look at everything through those photography eyes. Yep. Or those videography eyes, or that, you know, making content eyes. Yep. Um, I was surfing a few weeks ago now, and it started to rain, and I was just seeing all these amazing shots. <laughs> and you didn't have your camera <laughs> didn't with have you. my camera, but I was like, oh, man, that would be, that would be so good, the raindrops coming down, yep. and this guy bent over, like, just, uh, just um, sort of sitting sitting chest high in water on his board and he's just thinking and he's he's by himself and, and you know, there's cloud over over overhead and a little bit of mood and some ocean spray. So, oh, man, I would have liked to show that, but um, oh, we'll get the next wave. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. You had, you had other important things you were trying to do. Mm. Yeah, so it's interesting. So if you um, um, weren't shooting, would you be pursuing anything else creative, do you think? Or you said your mum was a painted do you mum was an artist artist yeah so so mum's got an arts i think she got an arts degree but as long as i can remember mum's been an artist that's yep. what she did she's got a gallery back home in in uh, south australia yep um and a studio my grandfather was he he made model airplanes and huh. he did art as well he used yep. to paint these amazing seascapes with um uh, like first fleet boats yes yep um my dad was a muso yep I didn't grow up with my dad, but um, you know he's quite creative as well. Yep. So me, I was I was always pretty good at art at school, drawing, painting. The thing I think my year twelve project, I um, I did my surfboard. I, I did all these um, you know, just designs and yep, stuff yep, on yep. the bottom of the surfboard. Didn't do too well because I wasn't really good with the um pre-production stuff you know how you got to come up with a concept blah, yes, blah, blah. Yep, yep. I just did it in one night right because I was behind <laughs> <laughs> just went oh bang it out finished it at 3 a.m in the morning took it to school the next day passed it in as a project yep but um yeah so I was always pretty good at painting and and um drawing and things I actually 
did think I was going to be a tattoo artist at one stage. Yep. Uh, not, you know, as I learned tattooing. Yes. Um, the dude who did my leg, actually, he was going to teach me. But that never eventuated. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because a lot of photographers actually, you can actually trace back to some type of artistic mm. pursuit because photography, there's always, always that argument, is photography art? What is it? You know. Yeah, I heard you talking about that today. On, yeah. on one of your shows. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is art. Yeah. Um, I think because you choose everything, everything that the viewer sees, you've, as the artist, you've chosen that. Yeah, and that's a really good concept too. When you, when you, I like to get, you know, if you're doing commercial work, right, and you got a, you got a product and you want to make someone's eye fall on that product, so you got to have your right composition and then, you know, your leading lines into that product, product, um, you know, you want it sat in the in the picture so the eye leads in, sees the product, reads the sign, and then it's front of mind for them. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I like how you can do that with images. Yes, yep. You can actually – it's funny. Um, the other the other um, medium which is really getting traction worldwide is, is video. And yeah. video is really good from that point of view is that you can take people on a journey. Yeah. You can pick them up. You can start them on a journey. You can – take them to big heights, you can bring them back down again and then you can... I agree with you. I agree with you. But I think, and I don't know about yourself, but me, I'm I'm all over social media, right? Yes, yep. I'm on it all the time. I think my attention span is a lot shorter than it used to be. So if you want to take me on a journey, it needs to be fast. Yep, yep. You a need lot. a hook. You need, you need that hook. Exactly. A lot of videographers will, will build up, you know, opening opening scene. And yep. You know, it's a landscape, and then and then you know, packing a suitcase or something like that. Yep, I'm done. A couple of seconds in, done. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same with uh, one of our fr- mutual friends' podcast. If he doesn't hook me within the first ten minutes, I'm done. Yes, I won't yep. listen to that. <laughs> That's always a debate we have. Well, well it's, it's interesting the medium of podcast because podcasting is kind of like that. If if you start listening to a podcast and it doesn't grab you. Exactly. It's hard to keep listening. Exactly. Have you listened to my one on mental health? Which is, is that the... It's called Against All Odds. Oh, I've listened, I think I've only listened to one episode. Right. Well, that's that's the same concept, right? So I take take a, a hook. Yep. And it's it's what you hear straight away. And I'm always um, producing my podcast as if you're the first time it's a listener. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so you try and, try and grab, gra- in, yeah. grab them in there. Well, because that's the point of podcasting. You want more listeners. Well, that's it. I mean, the thing is, you've, or you've got a, or you've got a message to tell people, hmm. and it's a medium to actually do it. And I oh, think, of course, but you, but you want more people to listen to your message. Well, yes and no. I think, I think, look, the 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 gold of a lot of podcasting today is to try and get that monetize it somehow, try to make something out yeah. of it. And I think that's 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 a challenge for all podcasters. Yeah, exactly, and it's a challenge for photographers as well, mate. <laughs> well, there's no money in surf photography. I can tell you, there's a bunch of them that do it. Um, actually, one of the one of my guests, one of my previous uh, previous guests on the Chasing Clarity podcast, he was a he shot for the, the World Surf League for ten years, and I asked him straight up, "Is it worth the money?" And he said, "Oh, the lifestyle is really good, but the money not so much, you know." Yep, yep. Um, so if you're going to do that, you need to be, and and he even said yourself himself, you need to be across all formats, you know, an eight hour day might be. Shooting in the water for four hours, and then you got to run back, do your images, and then you're shooting from the land, and then you got to write a story about the guy, and then yep. you interview the guy, and you know you become a multimedia person. Person, yeah, yeah. It's not just not just one thing that you used to do, and I think that's where photography's changed 
very much so that it, it has changed that way. I've listened to, um, and I want to bring this in because it's, it's interesting where we're going with technology, and I know you've had a guest on talking about shooting with um, an iPhone in yep. the water. Yeah, And it's kind of always interested me because we're, yeah, you know, as a photographer, I'm always interested where photography is going and mm. although technology and the technology now allows you to take something as small as an iPhone and put it in a housing and yeah. get into the into the water. Yeah, I just went to Sydney. I was probably well, it wasn't just went to Sydney now. I'm pretty bad with my timing. So yeah, that's if, good. So if I say the other day, it could be last year, it could be two <laughs> months ago, it could be yesterday. It was sometime in the past. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I went to Sydney a little while ago for a shoot, um a get together, sorry. And I didn't take my water housing because um, I'd had it arranged from the guys from Aquatech to yep. give me the, the Access Go housing, yep. which is for your iPhone. So I've got the new iPhone. Yep. And, um, mate, it was, it's good. I didn't have to take any gear. I arrived, got this housing, and it's small, it's light, it, and it works. Yep. And, you know, you've, you, you, your newest iPhone's great little camera on it. Obviously, sensor size is small. I don't think it compares to a to a full frame. No, no. But you will get those people that that, that want to argue with you. Zach Norman, he just shot a the cover of a magazine with an with an Access Go, so with an iPhone. Yes, yep. And it made the cover of a surfing magazine. Well, I've been I've been saying for a little while now that there's going to be some major photography awards won worldwide that are going to be taken on camera phones. Hmm. It's going to happen um, because people have the they have the. Um, them with them you, have, you carry your phone with you everywhere you go yeah so it gives you the opportunity to actually be able to get those moments so imagine something like that in the water it's not as intrusive as a full frame camera in a big housing that you've got to be mindful of you know where it is yeah i, I think that might that's more about pre-planning yep like you know if i'm if i want to shoot surf photography i want to take my gear I want to time, the, time it right, you know what I mean? So you said it's because you've got the camera on you. That's that's more of a, you know, what's it called, a photo, photojournalistic shot or a, yep. well, you know, it's, it's a rainbow or something happening now, you know what I mean? I think those things you're talking about, award-winning shots, they're still going to be planned. Yes, oh, no, definitely. And look, but the, I think people can actually, they'll be shot on different, different formats and different things mm. that we haven't even thought about using them that way. Yeah, but they're still going to be planned. They're not yeah. going to be just, oh, that's a moment, bang. Yeah, it's not, not in, I'm not talking about the kind of the Instagram moment. Someone's gone mm. out to a restaurant, yep, yep. shooting their meal, whatever. Well, it's, you'd hope they wouldn't win awards for that, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't know. Uh, see what happens on social media. <laughs> yeah, actually, there, there's some... Uh, do you agree that there's some um, pretty ordinary images getting out around there that, that are touted as being really good images? I think that the consumer you, the consumer of images has changed. Like not the photographers will look at an image like you said you loved imagery. Mm. You looked at those pictures in the in the album and mm. you love what you could see there. Things like Instagram and Facebook and those other platforms, people like this people who just like a pretty image. And it's funny, we did a podcast a week about to saturate or not to saturate. Mm. And to me, I Look at an image if it's really highly saturated, it kind of you know it's not my cup of tea. Mm. Like I like if I can stand there and see purple clouds, I say fantastic. I can see purple clouds in the sky, but the reality is, I think Instagram has really been the big game changer for how people consume images. Yeah, and people want the images dished up in a certain way. Well, the iPhone 
has been the way has been the big game changer for the way people consume images. I think that tiny screen, lots of things look good on that tiny screen. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. And then when you when you get in and have a look at the pixels and the actual technical side of, a, of some of the work, it's pretty ordinary. But I think the thing is, it's if you look at where that images are actually ending up, and they're ending up just on a screen, so yeah. they're, not, they're not getting printed on a billboard. Yeah, some of the some of the well, mate, some of the edits I do, they're specifically for my screen. Yep. You know, like I'll over sharpen. Yes. For my screen. Yep. Because uh, I know it's just down on Instagram. Um, yeah. So I agree with you. Yeah. I think, look, it's it's an interesting time we live in as a photographer because, like I said, there's a lot of technology changes. I mean, there's, um, you know, there's all the mirrorless stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I because I, when I first started, I shot, you know, DSLR camera. And um, obviously when digital came, switched over to... Um, DSLRs and I love that format and I, I do I, I, just, I like the form factor of it I think I, it's just like I, how it feels you mean yeah it, it feels yeah. solid it feels yeah, real yeah. and it's funny because I do a lot of street photography yep and um, as a street photographer you, you kind of want to blend into the scene you hmm. don't want to be too but I still like using a full frame camera yeah you can still do that you can still do yeah, that you can. A, and blend into the scene I've done a bit of street photography too it's not really my thing um, not that I didn't, I, I just didn't, like the city doesn't do it for me a lot yep. of the time. That's, it's more the environment. Um, but yeah, you, you can still blend into the scene. There's a guy, um, who's always in the mall and he shoots with a 70 to 200 white lens and a, maybe a 1DX. Yep. Stands out like dog's balls, you know? Yes, yep. But it just shoots life going by. Yes, yep. Um, and lots of times people don't even see him. No, that's right. Well, I think look, it's funny because if you pull out a, you know, your phone and start taking photos, people don't don't really care these days. Like it's oh, just, yeah. it's just so, so. You when, know. when we were kids, or grommets, so you know, teenagers. Yep. And I don't know if you noticed this, but it was real prevalent where I was because I grew up on a on a coastal town, um, for for a lot of my time as, as a kid, and you'd always have tourists and stuff, and the only people that were using doing the selfies and all that sort of stuff were Asians, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I just, we just used to bag them so much. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm, I'm mad for it as well. I'll do a selfie. <laughs> I'll do a, you know, a, a stage selfie on a clifftop. Yep. <laughs> um, and, you know, I used to bag these people out about it. Well, it's interesting you talk about that because on a clifftop there have been a few people who've um, – selfie has been the last picture they've taken. Yeah, right. Which is a bit sad that people take it to that level. Yeah, well – you got to be aware of your environment, right? Exactly. Yeah. And respectful of where you are. Yeah, and, and a photographer that it it is it is as a photographer knows and you know yourself, it's easy to get lost in the, the photography. Yeah, yeah. Just, just it just absorbs you. Mm. So you don't always know danger going on around you. Which I imagine coming back to the surfing stuff, has that ever put yourself? Have you ever got yourself into a difficult situation because you've really been trying to get the shot? No, nah, not me. Huh? No, nah, I'm pretty. Uh, but I've also been a jiu-jitsu instructor for 18 years. So you've got that control. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I'm aware. Of, yeah. And, and, you know, I was brought up uh, to be aware of situations and things. So yeah, yeah. always have that sort of going on. Um, but no, I, I've, I haven't been in, um, in any danger when I, when I shoot surf. You know, it's also because I've got an understanding of what the surf is going to do. Yep. And it's okay if they, they draw it. Uh, right over the top of me, I just duck down. Yep. But it's the same thing if I'm on a surfboard. If I'm sitting there in the lineup and the guy's coming straight for me, I'm comfortable with going straight under him. Yep. 
you know, he might be the one freaking out, but I'm not. Just and that brings me back to the because you you shoot sometimes in the situation where there is obviously a few people in the water. Mm. What what's the general etiquette amongst the photographers you shoot the water <laughs> stuff? Is there an etiquette or is it is it? Uh, it depends where you are. Free free for all. <laughs> yeah, it depends where you are. It's a free for all at the moment. Yep. Um, the quickie pro's just been on. Yep. And I went down there on one weekday actually, and it was still packed. I don't think anyone works. Yep. yep. To be honest, I don't work at the moment either. But, <laughs> but uh, there's no etiquette there. Yep. You got pros that are hired by individuals or, or, or their brands to shoot. And you got amateurs all over the place, um, semi-pros, hobbyists. And yeah, there's no etiquette. Yeah, which, the, which is kind of sad. It is sad. There's a guy I want to try and get on my podcast. He's, he's getting known for... Uh, he's he's really annoying a bunch of people that I know because he just stands right in front of them. Yep. And they'll be set up for a shot and he'll just go walk in front of them. And, you know, I say to the guys, well, let him know, you know. Yep. Uh, and, it, and it could be it could be that he's not, he's so absorbed in what he's doing. No, that he's he, aware. He's he, aware? He knows, he, he knows, yeah. mate. He's, um, he's getting in a lot of shots actually as well. I uh, think okay. it might be a branding thing, right? Okay. Um, But, yeah, it, as getting back to you, you saying surf etiquette, there's no real etiquette in certain spots. Yeah. Uh, if you're shooting with a group that you know, like there's a bunch of guys that I that I shoot with, we're all uh, really pleasant. Yeah. Right? And we vibe off each other. Yep. And it's it's like surfing with your friends. It's enjoyable. But then when you go out at the most crowded spot in the world, which is Snapper, right? Yes. Um. There's yeah, there's no etiquette there. Yep. But but you, you got to show some respect. Um, I think I do, and most of the guys are pretty. You know, you, you'll talk. I, I talk to a lot of guys. Yep. So I'm never never shy of saying hello. Yep. And once you do that, you sort of, you know, you don't get in their way. They don't get in yours. That's the odd time that there'll be someone in the frame, but you just deal with it, mate. Yes. Yep. Yep. Because mm. it's happening. It's happening everywhere. Like every every photographer we've had on the show have talked about the challenges of shooting, and that there's other people in there shooting. Sometimes it. It yeah. does present a challenge. It does. And, you know, there's um, there's certain spots, you know, like and I had to talk to one of the boys the other day and he kept putting a tag in his spot. I'm like, mate, you know, that's you don't tag that spot. That's sort of what we keep a little bit for ourselves, you know. Yep. And that's that's what's happening with social media. You tag a spot and you're going to hit. And so if you're a photographer and you tag the spot, expect someone there next time. Yeah, exactly. This is what's happened. I think this happened in Tasmania. There was a spot there that got tagged. Like destroyed? Tag- and it got destroyed because yeah. everyone was going there taking photos. For their one Instagram shot. Right? One Instagram shot mm. and not, no respect for the, the environment. environment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's that's a real problem. Like you're, you're photographing beautiful things, but you you got to respect those beautiful things and you want to preserve them. I think know, that, Otherwise, they're going to be gone. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny because with Instagram and social media, there seems to be what how people use it. There is no filters. Like people just... I think they're just trying to push bound. People try to push boundaries all the time, hmm. just to see how far they can go. We're trying to get the viral post. Yeah, it's likes, mate. But yeah. that's because it's you know there's there's money involved as well. If you, if you can be insta famous, I don't know if you watch Netflix. No, 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 no. Okay, well, there's a couple, couple of um, docos and and short series about Instagram and becoming famous and yep. social networking and stuff like that. You know, there's, there's, if you can make a name for yourself on Instagram in a certain niche, you you get sponsored by brands. And 
uh, you get picked up and flown around places and you get to do travel photography and you get to go to some cool spots and hang with some cool people. Um, and it's easier to do than it used to be. Yep. You know, you used to have to be someone to do that. I think I think if you look at the current crop of reality TV shows right. that are on, there's a f- quite a few of them at the moment. Well, maths. Yeah, just have a look at men. Oh, you know, you've got to think all those people are actually there for another reason. Yeah. They're not just there. Yeah, to but we used to watch it. Yeah, I know. I was and consumed by that, by that it? last mass, right? <laughs> It's like, mate, ever just love watching a train wreck? Yeah. You yeah, know? well, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, so, yeah. And I think it's 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 like we're all guilty and, you know, and social media is a very, very, very addictive thing as well. It's something that well, something we've got to be mindful of as well, that especially for the younger generation. Well, you can read. You can read those studies about the dopamine that it releases. Yes. It's, they actually make these things and these apps to be addictive, so you stay on them. And that's why, um, you know, there's algorithm stuff in, in Facebook and Instagram. If you, say, link a video from Facebook to YouTube, it'll smash your organic growth. You won't get any. It won't push it out to any of your followers. You know, but if you put a, a native um, video on Facebook, they push it out to your followers. Yep. And that keeps, because they want to keep people on the platform. Yes, yep, yep. The more time they can put, keep people on the platform, the more advertising they can pump to them. You know, the more data they can collect on you. Yep. But that's a whole other thing, mate. Oh, that is, mate. We could talk, we could, you could talk about the whole social media and effect on society. And like I said, but for photographers, unfortunately, photographers do get sucked into it, unfortunately. I see mm. a lot of photographers actually um, kind of start to um, change their behavior. For, change their behavior because for, for the was, gram. Yeah, but they also, but some of them are actually to the point where they actually start to walk away from photography because they don't feel they're good enough because they put a photo up, they get 10 likes. Yeah. They see a photo of much poorer quality, gets a thousand likes, and they're going, What's wrong with my photography? Yeah. But it's those, some of those people are newer to the game, right? So if you were on Instagram, I don't know, I don't even know how long Instagram's been going for, probably seven years or something. Ten, ten, they just had that 10 year challenge. Really? Yeah. So they did that 10 year challenge. Ten years. Well, so. It's gone quick. <laughs> um, so, you know, if you were on there 10 years ago and you took a photo of, I don't know, a leading line, a road into the centre, everyone went nuts for it and you became an Insta star. Yep. And you'd get gained followers and they'd put you in the search bar and then, you know, you, you'd, you'd get famous that way. It's so much harder to do now. you got to try and... It, now, bear in mind, I'm coming from a brand management yep. um, perspective. So... You know, I'm going through all the analytics. Yep. You got to, you know, when to post. You know, the times to post. How many followers you got on your percentage of followers you got on online at that time, what day of the week. Um, so you just you're trying to grow engagement, and if you've got a, a photographer that that's coming into it and they're getting disheartened because they're not getting the the um the love. Yes. Yep. Uh, it's because they don't know how to play the game. Yep. Yep. Um, but it's not a game for them. Like they shouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I think so. I think look, but it is, it is very hard. Like I said, some of them do get sucked into it. And I had a photographer on here talked about um, does two types of photos. One is like a photo he'll produce to put into something like the Appers, and then there's the pretty photos that he'll produce to put on Instagram. And they're two totally different, two different markets. But yep. they understands how each image will the reaction it'll get. Is he a professional photographer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, well, that's that's understanding his market, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. Understanding that some of the stuff is gonna, it's gonna get traction. Other things, and then when a photo that he knows is a good photo doesn't get traction, it doesn't worry him mm. because yeah, he understands that market. But a lot of people can't 
kind of stand back. Can't differentiate from it, yeah. Yeah, they, they just get, it is, like you said, it's addictive. It pushes a lot of buttons. People mm. get really sucked into it. Yeah, but also some of the older generation, like, you know, I'm not old, but my generation and above, they're starting to feel like you are, you know, what you're saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they sort of don't, I guess they, not that they don't, yeah, they get a bit disheartened by it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've talked to my, I mean, I've got a couple of young boys and they're always on social media and it's interesting what they like. Mm. You know, I like looking at what they're looking at. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's very different. It's eye-opening, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, they, they're big consumers of YouTube. Yep. Massive consumers of it. Yep. Well, yep. I had a YouTube channel yep. for a while, but yeah. What was that about? Was it surfing or? Uh, I've had a couple, but yeah, main one was surfing. So okay. The one I put a lot of time in was was interviews, surfing, surfboard reviews, yep. that sort of stuff. But yeah, but mate, yeah, YouTube stars like kids will watch YouTube over over TV now. Yes, yep. And you know, you never watch you never watch TV just watching TV. You've always got dual dual screen. Yep. You probably do it. I do it all the time. I I might watch TV and I'll have my phone in my hand. Yes. Yep. Every couple of seconds, I'm looking down. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Guilty. Guilty, yep. mate. And it's interesting now because of my my habits have changed in the car. I mean, I've got um, Apple Play in the car, mm. and it's really great. I'll jump in. I'll be listening to a podcast. I'll jump out of the car, jump back in. It'll just pick up from where I left off. Yep. And it, you virtually don't turn the radio on anymore. Yeah, I still I do agree with you. Yep. But I still like listening to a certain radio station because I find it humorous. <laughs> I, li- I like what they do. You know what radio station you want to want to plug them? Yeah, oh, it's just it's Nova, mate. Ash Gibbon Latte. Oh, okay, okay. Right? So the morning show. Yeah, yeah. But but if I miss it, you can listen to it on the podcast now. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And and it's interesting. All the major, all the major networks are all getting involved in podcasting. Mm. So we're seeing them all come out. Yeah, that is interesting because a few years ago, they weren't they were poo pooing it, right? Yes. And now they sort of seem to want to control it, but it's not going to. It's it's hard. There's, uh, I don't know if you listen to James Cridlin. He's a he's one of the podcast members. Yep. Um, but he's a futurologist, a radio futurologist, and he's really really interesting to listen to. Every day he does a two minute thing about podcast pod yep. news. Um, and just how you know at podcast events and things way back in the day, if you had a a corporate person from a radio station, no one wanted anything to do with them. They're like, piss off, get out. Sorry. Like get out of here. Yep. We don't want anything to do with you. And now they're sort of trying to take over and and sign people and keep things exclusive to brands and all that sort of thing. So it it's going to be, or it is, sort of like changing like an Instagram. Yes, you can make money from it. You can become a, a pod star. Yes. Okay. Um, like Insta famous. Yep. But if you got a podcast, I think you need all those other platforms working together as well. It's kind of meshes together. It all helps. helps. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because what you can do now with podcasting, someone can take an idea from their bedroom basically, Mm. record it, put it on the net, and and all of a sudden they could have a world, the whole audience, the world's their audience. Yeah. Well, I've got got some listeners in Finland. Yep. And um, where was it? A tiny little country over near Siberia or something it was. Yep. Got a couple of listeners over there. But I think because when you've got, it's funny about Australia, you know, we've got some really great natural attributes with, you know, sun, sea, all that type of stuff, mm. right? And I always noticed that um, I was a very late adopter to Instagram. I was, I, I've. Did you fight it? 
No, I, I backed the wrong horse. I went with Facebook. I really kind of invested heavy in Facebook. And well, Facebook owns Instagram. It does now, but not not back then. But, and, but Facebook isn't a bad thing to invest in. Because well, it's it, actually having a bit of re-emergence because I've actually noticed that, that post that – because I just post something on, on Insta and it just pushes it straight down to, to Facebook. Mm. And I actually notice now they're actually doing a lot better than they were previously. Facebook's good for building your audience as in like getting your analytics. Yeah. Uh, so when you wanted to get into advertising and stuff, that's how you build your Facebook yep. ads. But anyway, sorry. You, but but where I was where I was going was that um through that through that um uh, sunset photos. I do a lot of sunset photos, right? Those small countries overseas just loved, just they just used to love those photos. And it was funny. It wasn't until I did a trip to Europe. I spent a month over in Europe, and I'm going, oh, great, I'm going to catch some sunsets, and I'm. Going where the sunsets? It's all grey, <laughs> yeah. and then 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 the penny dropped. Why I'm getting all these people liking these photos? And it's probably similar because they're not getting the opportunity to go catch waves like that, go to the beach. I mean, I, I remember being in North Germany and looking at the water. There's no way you're going to get in that water, man. It was like freezing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I lived over in the UK for a while, and I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. So you know, I get comments a bit about um, giving people that never surf a perspective that they don't see. Yes, yep. And that's what they enjoy about the shots that I put out. And I think that's that's the interesting thing about, you know, the podcast. And you, you do the um, Chasing Clarity, which is really, you know, photography, about the photography angle, but it's, it's about, but you do another podcast as well, Against All Odds. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'd like to just tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So that was my first podcast. Because I listened, I listened to an episode and it, was, and it was pretty, pretty full on. Which one did you listen to? Um, the um, daughter should husband sorry the oh, yeah. fa- her father was killed the mother hmm, and she kind of witnessed the whole whole thing and yeah it was terrible wasn't yeah, it yeah yeah um so against all odds came about and and that's spelled odz for any listeners that want to look it up so it's not well, o- at the end we might get some good plugs in for you <laughs> <laughs> mate it's been a bit of, a bit of a hiatus at the moment um it got really hard to do quite emotional but it, it started as me having done some really cool stuff in my life and knowing some really cool people and wanting to put out their stories as opposed to me just knowing them. Yes. Um, and it really started around my mate who was, he's a four-time Paralympian, two-time gold medalist. And when we were kids, he had a car accident and he broke his neck yep. and ended up in a wheelchair. Um, now, you know, he I was always a sports star in school, but he went on to get the, the Sports Illustrated, um, you know, feature yeah and then he went on to represent australia and then he went on to do all this stuff that i didn't do yeah um but it was it was cool and i wanted to tell his story and it sort of started out like that and i ended up taking a mental mental health lean yeah and so i was really talking about it what it is the tagline is face-to-face conversations with everyday people who inspire yep so these were people who inspired me yep um and anyone that's overcome adversity, I got it real interested in their in their mental strength and how they overcame that and what they dealt with. So it took on a mental health lean. Yes, doing. yep. Um, you know, we touch on topics of depression, bipolar. Um, I've had a mate uh, and all these people, you know, they might have become friends or they were friends. Um, a mate of mine broke his neck at jiu-jitsu training and to, to come back from that and keep training and have the operation. Like the, the surgeon said, They'd never seen trauma in a neck except for a car accident and, yep. it, and that he should have been dead. Yep. 
and it was a friend of ours that did it to him. Um, yeah, so it just, that's how it started. It became he wanted to share their stories and inspirational stories. And then it sort of took on, you know, I was getting lots of messages and of support. And there was a real thing there and there was a real need for people to hear those those stories I found. Yep. Um, but I, I actually got my mum on. Now, I come from a – my father was uh, well, it was a domestic violence background. Yep. Right? My dad was um, – you know, I did some time, and my stepfather was a copper. Yep. And it was we take, spoke. I spoke with my mum and had her on. It took me a year and a half to get her on. And you know, there's some things that she told me in that interview that I never knew about her, and it rattled me a fair bit. And I and you know, I don't know if you edit your shows too much, but mine, if if it's an hour show, I've listened to it at least ten times more. Yep. You know, editing, putting in tops and tails, yes, that yep. sort of stuff. So you know, I was playing this thing over and over and over and over and over, and then it got pretty hard for me to just do them. Yep. So I've got four more there that I've got to edit. Yes. And they're just sitting there because I was hearing these these stories of pain from the people that I knew. Yes. Yep. And and yes, they overcame them. But it's still it's still sometimes a bitter pill to swallow. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And one of my guests actually, you know, he oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. So it's kind of interesting because I think that's an, um, interesting that you've gone and done those shows as well as the photography thing. And it's interesting because quite often in this podcast, I've had a lot of guests open up and we've actually talked about photography and mental health. Yeah. And now, like, there's around the world, photography has been used as a therapy to help yeah, people. It's, exactly. a, it's a great tool for people. And I've funny because I'm part of quite a few different groups and sometimes I'll ask people how does photography make you feel and i've had people who are you know surgeons and go it's it's my me time i'm in such a stressful environment on my day job i like to just pick my camera up and i like to just go out and just create and not have to worry about what's mm. happening well imagine that and then add to it the water yeah, well, that's right. So you, you're getting a double whammy there, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can I can understand. I'm not a surfer myself. I've never been a I've never been a kind of I don't know. Just probably you know different backgrounds mm. you grew up in and grew up in the suburbs in Brisbane and um you know surfing was more cars and bikes and stuff yeah. like that was yeah. is that type of stuff and um it, it but I I understand the passion because you see you see that passion in people um yeah well, yeah a lot of the you know the the chasing clarity thing that that even that is a has taken on a sort of a mental health thing. A lot of the guests I ask, you know, why do you do what you do? Yep, yep. And for instance, one of the guys, Jake, he's like, under the water, I can't hear anything. Yep, yep. You know, when I'm beneath the surface, all my problems are gone. Yep. There's no noises. There's there's nothing. It's just the ocean. You know, the crack of the waves. Yep. And I'm immersed in silence, pretty much. Yeah, that's that's his way of getting away from stuff. The two boys that are on on the next episode, um, yeah, it comes up mental health actually comes up. I think for the first proper time that yep. we've touched on it in in the in the show. Yep. About how his diagnosis and how this helps him. Yep. And it's interesting now. I think I've I listened to a lot of different podcasts, and I'm really surprised how often it does actually. It's not always the general purpose of the podcast. No. But I think we're living in such a, and we talked about you know social media, but we're living in such a pressure cooker society now. Mm. There's a lot happening. I don't know that it's changed. It was always 
quite a pressure cooker. Well, I don't know your upbringing, but you know it's quite a always quite a pressure cooker environment. It's but you're also doing something that's long form, um, a bit more intimate. Yeah. You know, we're sitting across listeners. We're sitting across side by side. We're looking in each other's eyes. You know. Yeah. This is not over the phone conversation, and I've got a set of earphones on. And you've got a set of earphones on, and I can hear your voice deep in my ears. You know? Yep, yep. Um, and once we get talking, everything you forget about everything. Exactly, and that and, and, and when we open up more. Exactly, and it's interesting because when I started these podcasts, I kind of set myself a bit of a. I've listened to a lot of overseas podcasts, photography, yeah. and I'll, they've had some amazing photographers on, but they're sitting on a, on a telephone. Yeah, and it's the difficulty. I think when you're having a conversation with someone and you're sitting in front of them, it it takes on a different vibe it does it does you can you can you know we've got body language to talk i might say something and you might say in your body language (laughs) that's not correct you know i don't i don't think you're actually telling the truth there uh so it it takes on that which and that's what i you know that's why i only do face-to-face interviews yes yep i won't do over the phone i think it, it 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 adds value to what you do because it actually for the guest it gives them a chance to be able to be honest and more authentic and authentic and and come across to the listener you know as a real person yeah as as the fact that you're trying to be, be trying to be someone that you're not exactly it takes away all the crap can yeah. i say crap yeah you can say crap that's fine <laughs> it takes away all the all the all the crap you know the as you said what you're not because you can look at me and i don't know oh man i'm, I'm lying <laughs> you know? so i'm not going to talk about that and you know, eventually, once you get in the conversation, you delve a bit deeper. Yes. Yeah. And the beauty about us talking here is you can say, you know, something might come up, like a top, like we said, the topic of mental health before, and we delve into that. Yep. And you can chop and change instead of having a list of questions preset um, on the telephone. They might not hear you. So what was that? You know, what yep. was that? Yep. And they pretend they don't want to answer it. And it, you know, so you. you or, or they or they answer it the way they believe. Mm. They should answer it, and it's not really the right answer. So taking away that facade, right? It is. It is. And it's funny because when I started this too, um, I decided I'd read a bit a bit about podcasting. They said, you know, if you're going to run a script, write the script and then promptly throw it in the bin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, I think if it all depends. If you're doing a storytelling podcast, as in my against all odds, takes a very story format. Yes. Yep. How it started what the problem was, how they overcame it. So there's vague sort of guidelines there. Otherwise, it's just waffling. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to but keep you, it. But you, you're actually, you're unfolding that story. You're basically, yeah. you, you, you're, you're picking a point to start mm. and then you're laying the story out. And that's what I really like about imagery yep. as well. You can tell a story. Yep. Like I was saying before, you can uh, post-produce the light perfect on someone so the eye will go, boom, into that, into that subject, but they might see three or four things on the way in. Yes. Um, let's say it's a surfer sitting out the back with the perfect light on him and the light's coming from, let's say, left side of the lens, the left side of frame, and it leads in, and then on the left side of frame you might have three or four seagulls that are just sort of floating off. Yep. So you know it's a, it's a clear sort of day, the light's falling, he's there pretty much by himself, or there might be a little body off, the, off out of frame somewhere. Yep. Just a half a body, and like, oh, maybe he's not alone. Yep. Um, or it might be a split shot, you know, so beneath the surface yes. as well, and yep. it's all calm and that sort of stuff. So you can tell a story that way. Yep. And I think that that's what the hook is for a lot of photographers, 
because once you understand how to tell a story, mm. um, you can take the viewer to where you want to take anyway, them. Yeah. yeah. You can tell what the story you want to tell, right? Exactly. I'm exactly. stop saying right as well. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I do a workshop on storytelling yep. for podcasting. You might have missed that one, mate. I might have missed that one, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to look it up. <laughs> uh, not on the podcast. It's in the group we do. Yeah. In the workshops. But um, so um, so you you know you we're we're in Brisbane, mm. but obviously originally you're from South Australia. No. No. Okay. Originally I'm from Darwin. Yep. I've lived in pretty much every state except Tasmania. Yep. At some stage, I think I, I even enrolled in a school. So I'm I'm interested why Brisbane. What's the connection? How did you get here? Oh, I came here purely for footy. Okay. Yeah. So I was a football player. Yep. So I left. I left home at fifteen. Yep. Um, I'd signed with my surf. My, yeah. I'd signed with my first team at fifteen years old. Yep. They pulled me out of home, put me in a school. Um, I stayed there for a couple of years, and then uh, that that team folded, and my best mate was up here playing for Ipswich. Yep. Uh, and he he'd secured a deal and said. Uh, it's a it's a dual deal, it's a two player deal. Yeah, you take me, you got to take my mate. Yeah, but I was in Darwin. I was up seeing, visiting my dad. Yep. And he rang me one day and said, "Oh, we're going to Brisbane." And I went, oh, okay, cool. So we moved up here, and, and I've been here pretty much ever since. Yeah. Spent one one season in England, but yeah. Yep. So that's how it came about, mate. Okay. Purely for footy. For purely for footy, and didn't reach the heights that I <laughs> that I thought I would. <laughs> so it's inter- interesting with the because um, I've shot. Football from a, I haven't played football. I've shot football with a camera from on mm. the field. Mm. So was when you were playing football, there was no interest in photography at that point. Nah, well, I've been on the other side. <laughs> um, you know, I was the one. Volunteering did, did you for, play up to the photographers? Did you? Oh man, I was. I was the one volunteering for the for the interviews. You know, the one um, getting the. I've got some newspaper clippings there with my shirt off and stuff like that. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. You did it for the art, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I was building a brand, so I just yep. didn't know it. <laughs> well, that's true. That's what I'm saying. And it's interesting that, like, when we watch all the the stuff we, you know, on TV at the moment, all these people, you can see them trying to build their brand. Oh, but I wish I had known about that back then. Yeah, well, it's, I always look, go back to, I don't know if you remember the first season of Big Brother. Mm. So the people that went on that had no expectation of what was going to happen after the show. They just went on and thought, this is a cool thing. I get locked up in the house. And paid. And we get paid and we get... Free booze. Booze. Lied with booze. Yeah, that's it. We do all this stuff. And, and none of them actually understood what would happen after it stopped. Mm. The, the cameras turned off and they went back into the real world. And a lot of them, you know, fell into fell into fame. Mm. And then it, the first season was the best because it was pretty honest. Yeah. And the next season, like you could see, not everybody went into it, but a lot of them went in when, went to this and went for an end game. They yep. said, you know, I'm going into this. When I come out, I'm going to try and get a radio deal. I'm going to try and get something else. Yeah. And progressively, as that series went on, everyone was there for what they could get at the end. Well, that's what they do now. Yeah, and that's how they all are, and it changes it. Yeah, but the, that's it gives them opportunities to do things. Oh, opportunities d- that they might not have had. Well, it keeps people entertained as well because people love watching it. Hmm. But you look at uh, what's is it Chrissy who's on the radio now who was a yes, big brother yes yes yeah so that's what she did right Came, yeah that's what she did came out of it and built her brand well it's quite a few of them I mean I think quite a few well, of them Fitzy yeah Fitzy was on there and also um oh, look there's there's a heap of them who've actually really carved out themselves a a quite a 
respectable career now. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were entertaining. Yeah, let's, well, that's the thing. Because I think, why do you watch anything? Why do you listen to something? You need to be entertained. In, entertained, informed uh, are the big two. Yeah, yeah. You know, like how-tos. Yes, yeah. And so if you're you, learning. That's what, that's what I tell people. If you're going to do a podcast, it needs to be entertaining, informative, uh, educational. Yep. Mixture of all three is really good, but it's quite hard to do. To get to get that perfect, yeah, the yeah, trifactor. That blend, yeah. Yeah. So where, where do you see your photography, say, five years from now? What do you see you're doing? Shooting the same type of stuff or? Mate, I'm actually wanting to do workshops. Yep. Around surf photography. Yep. Um, I, I started this club maybe last, I can't even remember what it was, but it's called Water Rats. Yep. It's Mate, it's died in great, great, great name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> One of the boys said, who named it, he, he suggested Drowned Rats. And oh. we were going to go with that. And then I thought, nah, that's, you know. Bad connotations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so we'll just call it Water Rats. Um, but it was, I really struggled to get insurance. I think this is, the vision I saw was we'd have a Water Rats club, like a surf club, surf yep. riders club. Yep. If, if Sometimes you have board riders clubs. Yep. Board riders clubs meets every month. And you, you surf, you have uh, you comp, you have food, you get together, yep, that sort of thing. Um, you know, I wanted the I wanted the water rats club to meet monthly, get some education. Maybe we get an Instagram, a famous Instagram read to tell us what hashtags are hot right now. Yep, or, yep, yep. You know, there's a free diver that I know come in, teach us how to hold our breath for for a minute longer than what we do. Yep, uh, do some fitness training, that sort of stuff. We go shoot, we have a barbecue. And we hang out and just be social, you know, a good community. Yep. Um, and we back things, environmental things. We turn up as a, as a group, you know, those sorts of things. But I, I couldn't get insurance um, and that, that was a downfall because yep. I wanted, you know, these a lot of these guys that are out there and, and me, I don't have insurance. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so if, I get, if one of the guys got run over by, by a surfboard and he couldn't work for three months, I think it was, he's been out of the water for probably a good four months now yes yeah um he's dipped his toes in one or two times but you know he's he and the physio and everything it all costs him yes yeah um you got another guy who um one of the boys he he got his gear pulled out of his like he's shooting yeah so he got his housing ripped out of his arm hit a rock and it started it waterlogged it yep now housings aren't cheap cameras not cheap, cheap so no. there's four grand four five oh, mate, grand. Soon, as soon as you take any professional type Gear in the water, that's yeah. yeah. So there's five grand worth of gear all flooded. Yep. Come in, you can't fix that. Yep. He's got no insurance. So he started a GoFundMe page and you know, I wanted these guys to be covered. So when I was in this one board riders club, the insurance there I didn't know, you know, other board riders clubs I didn't really know. Yep. When I was a footy player, I was always insured. Yes, yep. And it was just Part and parcel. The yes, club, club just looked after it. Yeah, 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 looked after it. Like I got my teeth pulled out, uh, my wisdom teeth, when I was when I was I think my first year of footy. Didn't cost me a thing. Um, you know, I've had operations that haven't cost me a thing. Um, so I wanted the insurance there, so you know these guys would be covered from when they leave to when they come home, doing yep. their thing, their passion. Yep. When when I was in a board riders club, they had that. Um, insurance. So as long as you were going for a surf, you were covered from when you left to when you come home. home yep. Uh, for not for your gear, but you know for, for disability. Disability, so for your for your livelihood, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
and I couldn't get it. I've spoken to a couple of brokers. Yep. Spoken to some insurance companies, some big ones that cover sports teams. Yes. And yeah, they're just not interested. And I, I even thought about, I even talked to them about putting parameters around. Okay, if you if you want to be a member, Steve, you got to be able to swim four hundred meters continuously. Yep. You've got to do the basic surf lifesaving um, day course with a, yes. with a with a lifeguard that will put you in. Um, and you got to have a minimum amount of gear. Yes. Otherwise, you can't be a part of the club. Yep. They weren't interested. No. So, so really, moving forward, you'd like to kind of um, share the the knowledge that you've actually acquired from yeah. all those years shooting in the water. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would. I'd like to. I'd like to. Mate, I'd like to shoot campaigns. Yep. Around the surf photography, I'd like to. You know, I'd like to have that lifestyle. That'd be awesome. Yes. Yep. Travel. Uh, I might even get surfing. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's it's funny because I've I've had some um, you know pro photographers on talking about some stuff like um, you know they, they get their dream job, but then it, after a while you've got to be careful that it it just becomes a job. Yeah, and you lose your passion. Yeah, well, I just spent eighteen years as a jujitsu instructor. Yep. Um, so you got so you got that that natural thing to teach people. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and it's funny because it's funny how people evolve. Sometimes what they do, some of the things in, in their life career, like the pathways in life, actually how they come out mm. and how they kind of all inter interweaving mm. together. Like it's interesting. So, yeah, in, in regards to that five-year plan, want the podcast audience big. Yep. Or to, to have grown. I'd like to bring some brands on board. Yep. Um, more more importantly, it'd be it's 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 an Australian podcast, so it's that's really cool because I think that's I'd like to see the Aussie podcasters kind of. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool that you you know you're back in the Aussies. It's good. Yeah. Um, but you're interrupting my thought process there. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> so grow the podcast, grow the audience. Oh, and I'd like to have a YouTube channel. Yep. Um, around surf photography. You know, the, the podcast is ocean imagery, so it's everything, droning, blah, blah, blah. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, underwater, in, in water, landscape, yep. around the ocean. Um, but yeah, it'd, it'd be amazing to build a community around that and get behind environmental causes as well. Well, I think once you, once you have that passion for, and interestingly, we talked about this on um, some other podcasts where we've had photographers on, they do workshops on things like Lady Elliot and different things and through that imagery that they've created that that people have taken an interest in seeing looking after the environment mm. and it's kind of like it's it's a it's a role that photographers have kind of taken on they didn't set out to be looking after the environment but they just love it so much and they start seeing what we're doing to the environment and they want to be able to do something to help yeah certain photographers then you got those other ones that ruin the place. Yeah, well, that's true. It's 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 a double-edged sword. Well, I think it's a it's it's a responsibility. If you're going to be there, you're responsible to, to look after the place. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, it's 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 um, like I said, it's good to take this stuff on board, but mm. also, you know, be mindful of of the next person coming through as well. Exactly. You try and leave it better than the way you found it. Yeah, yeah, mate. Where can people find find you? Um, if they want to look up some of your stuff, uh, so I'm I'm probably most active on Instagram. Yep, and that's at Sensei Odell S E N S E I O D E W L. There's a link in my bio 
to the Chasing Clarity podcast, yep. which can be found on all podcast players, iTunes and Spotify. Yep. If you want to listen to Against All Odds, I'll warn you, it's a little, it's it's heavy lifting. Yep. Um, that can be found on iTunes as well, Against All Odds. Now, Odds is spelled O-D-Z, and it's called Odds because that's what my mum calls me. Okay, yep. Yep. Um, and the Brisbane podcast is, is pod- podcasting group. We catch up every couple of months. I think we've got one shortly if you're coming. Yeah, I think I saw something posted today about it. Something went up, yeah. You coming for dinner? I'll try to do my best. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty social this year. Um, but yeah, if you've got an interest in podcasting, you're more than welcome to come along. Beginners, advanced. Yep, excellent. Mate, look, thanks for coming and sharing some of your photography journey so far. Mate, I hope your audience found it interesting and it wasn't waffling on. Or no, mate, no. Always interesting. Look, photography is, you know, photographers love photography and I appreciate every type photography out there it's funny because some photographers will poo-ha people's work oh that's rubbish mate i love like you look great imagery in imagery is great to look mm. at no matter what it is even if i you know it's not an area that i kind of delve yeah. into but I love even if see- you don't like the person hey still you still appreciate <laughs> oh you the still appre- you yeah. still appreciate the art that's yeah. it that's yeah. it all right mate, thank you thanks mate no worries cheers for having me. ciao see ya bye Thanks for listening to this episode of Photo Mission Exposure. If you liked the episode, please leave a comment. Also, you can follow us. Don't forget to tune into another episode soon. Thank you.